your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a late night edition of the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a, I would say fun episode, but we got a uh, action-packed episode as we are moments past the Blues' uh, disappointing 4-3 defeat in overtime um, at the hands of the Nashville Predators. Blues led early, gave up the lead, and then battled back to force overtime. Looked really, really strong in overtime and then gave up a goal on the first shot of the night. For the, or first overtime shot of the night for the National Predators, I should say. So, uh, sort of mixed reactions. I think some positive, some negatives. We're going to be getting into all of that, um, and as well as focusing in on some key players towards the end. But before we get into that, I just wanted to thank anyone out there who is making us your first listen of the day. We appreciate anyone who goes and ha- has a listen to this podcast with their morning cup of coffee, on their way to work, on their way to school, whatever it may be. That's why we make these short, bite-sized, 20-minute episodes, so we appreciate that. But... Without further ado, the St. Louis Blues played tonight against the Nashville Predators and came away with a 4-3 to loss. Uh, first, I guess we could talk about the first period because first period was really, really good. Uh, Blues played really well, uh, both ends of the ice, and Jordan Cairo looked like a superstar in the making. Tommy, what, what were your thoughts coming out of that first period, watching Jordan Cairo put up two goals? My thoughts coming out of that first period were Jordan Cairo might have a better career than Vladimir Tarasenko. And that's, <laughs> I think that's a bold statement, but when you look at the skill set that this guy puts together, um, I talked about it on my solo episode, but uh, the confidence that he's playing with right now is unmatched on the St. Louis Blues, and I think it'd, it'd be hard to match across the entire NHL. Uh, the closest thing I've seen, and here's, uh, I don't know if you remember this play in particular, Josh, but it stuck in my head. There was a play against Winnipeg uh, where there was they were going for like a line change, right? And so Jordan Kyrie was kind of circling through like the neutral zone and he just turns on the Jets and takes on, I think it was like three Winnipeg Jets defenders. One of them peeled off, so it ended up being two, but he dangled between them, threw a backhander on net. He didn't score. But that kind of aggressiveness and that kind of confidence of like, you know what, like I'm going to go out here, dangle these guys and put them on a highlight reel. That reminded me of the Connor McDavid goal, um, the best goal that he's ever scored that we just saw where he beat four guys. And obviously they're two very different players. And obviously uh, Jordan Cairo is not even remotely close to Connor McDavid in terms of a hockey player right now, uh, but that mindset of going out there and going after the kill and trying to put guys in a blender and breaking ankles, I think that's a contagious one and it makes other people play better. I think Robert Thomas probably had the best game of his career tonight. Wow. Um, a lot of it wasn't even with his playmaking. It was from the faceoff dot. Dude was yeah. absolute money from the faceoff dot. Uh, defensively, he's sound. He's finding guys like he always does with eyes in the back of his head. Um, so that's a lot of good takeaways. Colton Pareko looked good as well. But the thing that hurts me the most about this game is it's a central division opponent, right? And so we've kind of strayed away from that because of COVID and the pandemic and everything. But not only did you go up to nothing on them, you let them come back uh, and essentially steal a point when, I mean, because the good teams, the best teams in the NHL, you go up two goals, the game's over, you close it out. Uh, you get the lead, you keep the lead. 
and you go on uh, to live another day and worry about your next opponent. But the Blues let him come back in. I feel like that's like the second time now that they kind of let someone uh, come all the way back and then essentially beat them in overtime. So that might be something to keep an eye on. I just don't know if I trust this defense, but the offense looks amazing. So Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I believe the statistic that they said at the beginning of the game um, continuing tonight would make it now eight straight games for the St. Louis Blues that were decided by one goal if you don't count empty netters. So they've won a lot of those games, which is awesome. But when you consider the fact that now they're having um, a bit of trouble closing out teams and um, losing in overtime, you, you worry that they're, they're going to be letting teams back into the game throughout the whole season uh, and, you know, have these close down to the wire games where teams are getting back in the games where they don't belong. Um, and the blues are kind of forced to, to play catch up or, you know, win games in overtime, um, which isn't always a recipe for success. But the flip side of that is that um, the blues are able to, um, you know, stay in games that they don't deserve to be in. There's a, there's a double-edged sword, the blues ability to, have these one goal games and I think long term it works out well because when you get to the playoffs it's going to be like three two games two one games it's going to be a lot easier to sort of climb back in these one goal games and you're not going to have these big blows but the flip side is that is they need to make sure that while they're staying in these games and you know hanging with opponents when they do take these leads they don't let them climb back in uh, so it's about balance for the St. Louis Blues, and they've showed a pretty good job of of balancing. You know when to sort of turn on the Jets and when to um, play a little bit more defensively. But tonight, I think we saw them turn a little bit in the second period. Got a little too confident, a little too loose with the puck, and that's why Nashville was able to uh, push and and take the lead eventually. But that this at the same time, Blues got a point which they probably didn't deserve. So um, at the end of the you know in the long run, you take points any way you can get them. Um, obviously would have, would have liked to get a win, but it's the way the cookie crumbles. I just keep going back to the central division and like central division race. Right. And like you gave Nashville a point when you were up two nothing and they ended up getting two points out of it. Yeah. And so I think going into this game, if I remember correctly, the blues were second place in the central and, uh, the Nashville predators were fourth and now they're both tied for third. So I, I don't want to end up. I don't want to end up at the end of the season looking back on this game and being like, wow, if we would have just won that game, we would have had a better seed and maybe we would have made it out of the first round. Like that's just because that always seems to happen to teams, right? And it like, does. Uh, yeah, but I feel like that's to be the blues. You can't you can't look at that though, because then you could have said, Oh, why couldn't you have gone 82 and 0? Um it, it's more about getting positive building blocks, and as much as as much as there were a lot of areas where I looked at this team tonight and wanted to pull my hair out and throw stuff at the TV, uh, a lot of those were things that I'm confident will get ironed out by the end of the season. There, I have yet to see an egregious issue with this team. Obviously, the defense is questionable, but that's not like it's not like they're you know leaving Binnington out to dry twenty four seven. I think the defense is doing pretty much the best they can given the names they have on paper. I think Rosen is a little in over his head uh, at the moment, but that's just due to. The, the loss of Tori Krug and little. the inability, yeah, and the inability to call up Perunovic. Um, but other than that, I think there's nothing that really jumps out at me as, oh boy, if the Blues don't fix this issue, this is a first round exit or a 
team that's going to miss the playoffs. But who knows? Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, and the Blues do need to make a big splash and bring in a big defenseman. And hey, if you want to make a bet on the Blues making a trade, put your money where your mouth is. You're going to check out BetOnline.ag. They are back and better than ever with a brand new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one sport for all the basketball, football, and hockey action. Head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about tonight's game as well as focusing in on a few individual players. So don't go anywhere. All right, Tommy. I uh, I, I have a I have a bit of a thought that I'm going to steal from chat that I think um, I think um, fits pretty nicely with this next little segment about the defense. Richard Clay mentions that Perunovic would look nice skating to per- look nice skating next to Pareko. Just saying, um, I think that's a good idea. Honestly, I think it, he might even look better skating next to Justin Falk because I think Scott Perunovic is like a rich man's uh, Kale Rosen. From what from what we've seen out of Kale Rosen, he's quick, he's a decent puck mover, and that's about it. So I think the way that Falk and Rosen have been able to play off each other, Perunovic would play really well up there as well. But besides that, what do you think are the biggest issues with the defense right now, Tommy? Because I do agree that that is the one area of concern for the St. Louis Blues. Well, as much as I would love to see Perunovic lined up against Pareko, and I think maybe in two to three years we could absolutely see that i think the blues have kind of uh made it made it known that when in their uh prospect production and bringing guys up through their development they always take it slow right i mean otherwise jake neighbors Mm -hmm. would be up here and they'd be throwing him to the fire right so i think because of that it's much more likely that scott prunovich kind of starts on the last pairing and just kind of works his way up depending on how well he does uh, but even then, like a guy that's coming off a shoulder surgery and hasn't played a whole lot of hockey, and that's the reason that he's in the AHL. Do you really want that guy just eating minutes like twenty five a night? I I would probably probably right. stay away from that. But skill wise, I think he's capable. And like I said, two to three years, we could absolutely see that pairing. But Pareko looked amazing. Might be one of the best games of his season as well. Uh, was just blocking shots left and right. I think he got 10 minutes of time on ice in the third period. So obviously Craig Bruby liked what he was seeing as well. Um, but I think Scandella uh, lacking in the defensive department tonight might have been another reason why Colton Pareko saw more ice time. But at the end of the day, like you said, Josh, I think the defense is the weak point of this team. Uh, obviously, you're missing Tory Krug in the rotation tonight. So that is, those are some big skates to fill. Getting him back in the fold is going to help. Getting Scott Prunovich, if and when he does get called up, uh, will absolutely help as well. But I I don't think I'm worried about this team. I'm worried about the streaks, and I'm worried about the trends that we see. Because, like I said, I don't want a first-round exit again. And I think those are the kind of things that uh, that can lead to a team upsetting the St. Louis Blues in the first round is when uh, they get too comfortable with a lead. Like, we've seen that almost two or three times now already uh, in the last probably two weeks. So I, that's probably what I'm most concerned of at this point. But 
What I'm not concerned about is Jordan Cairo and Vladimir Tarasenko going back and forth for the scoring leader on the St. Louis Blues because that's no. going to be a fun race to watch all season long. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. Um, Jordan Cairo continues to look confident uh, and dominant. Buchnevich tonight, too, I thought looked fantastic. Buchnevich, yeah, Buchnevich looked really strong. He had a really strong start to the season, which got derailed uh, by his suspension. And then. Uh, to the first two or three games back from his suspension, he looked like a little, a little bit of a step behind. Uh, but last few games, he's been really, really strong for the Blues. Um, been one of their best forwards uh, on any line. Created a lot of scoring chances, uh, dangling everybody, looking like a power forward and a finesse player at the same time. Uh, but another guy I want to talk about is Jordan Binnington. Uh, not his strongest game tonight. But I, I think he still played really well. I think he stopped a lot of high danger scoring chances. I think he kept the Blues in the game. Um, the one goal, one of the weaker goals he gave up, his stick was knocked out of position anyways. So I don't really think there's any goal that you look at tonight and say, man, I really wish Jordan Binnington would have stopped that one. Um, that being said, I think we can take a little bit of time to talk about his regular season performance as a whole because there's a lot of chatter about him as the starting goalie for Team Canada in the Olympics in a couple months. What do you think that would mean for him uh, going from just a few years ago on the verge of getting sent down to the ECHL to potentially uh, lacing up the pads between the pipes for his country in the first Olympics in, what, eight years for the for uh, NHL? It would be pretty exciting. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a hot minute, and I think you, you ask any player, like, aside from winning the Stanley Cup, I think their favorite thing when it comes to hockey and thing that they all aspire to do uh, is represent their country in the Olympics or world junior world juniors or whatever it might be uh, play for team Canada, play for team USA, play for team Russia, whatever, whichever uh, country it is, they all take a lot of pride in that. So I think uh, for Jordan Bennington, like you said, especially to have the last two seasons that he did and like everyone breathing down his neck saying he's a flash in the pan. He's not a top 10 goalie. He had one good season. Uh, he had one good run. All of these things for him to come out and play the way that he has and uh, insert himself into the conversation for Team Canada's goalie, uh, I think is remarkable. Uh, it speaks to the skill set that he has at his disposal. Uh, and not only that, but the confidence that he has in himself. Because, I mean, we've kind of saw it with Jake Allen. When people get talking in social media and in fan circles, uh, and it can really mess with your psyche and uh, throw you off the course of progression. Right. And so uh, for Jordan Bennington to have, I mean, especially with Jordan, like the fiasco that he is swinging sticks at people and uh, with how much people talk about him online, like it's essentially like Jake Allen times like three, you know? So I think it's, it's also, it's sorry to interrupt, but um, with the whole swing and stick things and, and Bennington likes to be sort of uh, play placed as an enemy and in in like it, within the media, the fact that he's getting uh, at least an initial early uh, speculation for Team Canada starting goalie means there's some respect for Jordan Bennington around the league. Like m- maybe maybe he he's a bit of a Brad Marchand in the sense that he likes to get under players' skins and he likes to toe the line a little bit. But it, it's clear that players, are, you know, I don't want to say players respect him. I hope they do. Uh, but it's clear that he isn't just uh, uh, overblown, you know, just St. Louis Blues fans like him. He's he's a guy that's starting to get a lot of attention. Um, and he's playing really well. He's backing it up. I think that it was 
one of the kind of the quietest, biggest question marks heading into this season is, hey, Jordan Bennington hasn't really played a full hockey season yet, but Vladimir Tarasenko requested a trade, so it's okay. We don't need to talk about that. And then here he has come in quietly, done his job, and been one of the best goalies in the NHL. Yeah, I think Robin Leonard, uh, he was doing a Q&A on Twitter over the offseason, I believe, and I actually asked him about Jordan Bennington, and he said, um, Jordan Bennington is a heck of a goalie, but he's going to get his butt beat one of these days uh and i think that is the perfect way to describe him because he he wants to smoke he's out there in, inviting people to drop the gloves and try to beat him up and i think like as much as people on twitter want to see him get decked i would love to see him get decked i mean that would just be electric to see a goalie fight you know i'm not saying i'm not saying i want to see him get beat up but i want someone to actually answer the bell and be like you know what this guy's been trying to fight people for the last three years now Maybe, just maybe, someone should drop the gloves with him, and I hope somebody does. But I think at the end of the day, that kind of edge that he plays with, I mean, we've seen goalies over the years uh, play the same way and play angry and play emotional. I think uh, that kind of gives him an edge over even-keeled goalies who uh, maybe don't let goals get to them as much, but because of that, they don't make highlight reel saves when uh the team is out to lunch and they have to rely on their superstar goalie like uh we did just a couple nights ago so yeah yeah absolutely all good points there uh we got gotta go ahead to one more ad break real quick and then we'll come back and wrap this episode up continue to recap the game and more so don't go anywhere All right, Tommy, looking at the division standings, the central division looks like it is going to be as tight of a race as ever, as it always is. It's a Thunderdome. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to try to guess what the standings are right now because they haven't updated from tonight's games. But right now I see one, two, three, four teams all within one point of each other. Might have shifted a little bit um, after tonight's games. But what do you think it's going to take for the Blues to stay atop the central division and sort of stay in this race it's going to be a competitive one well i'll tell you what they better <laughs> for lack of a better word i don't think the blues were playing uh to the full capability of what we've seen from them this season in this in this road trip and in this uh singular home game against the nashville predators and they're gonna have to figure it out pretty soon because i'm pretty sure their next games are against the canes who have been firing on all cylinder i think i've only lost one game so far in the Edmonton Oilers, who seem like they're just scoring at will. So if you don't show up 110% against those guys, they're going to absolutely exploit you, and it's going to turn into a clown show. So like I said, you got to figure it out, uh, lock down defensively, help Jordan Bennington out a little bit, get some goals in the back of the net, and uh, come away with a couple victories commanding yeah. victories against some yeah. stud teams. Yeah. Oh, man, it would be so so nice to blow a team out of the water. Um no, but I think I mean overall, sitting where they are right now, the standings are gonna they'll they'll even out. You know, teams are gonna teams are gonna bridge the gap. It's not gonna be a one point race uh, throughout the whole season. Right now, the Blues are sitting at eight, two, and three, which getting points in eleven of your first thirteen games is spectacular. That is a pace that if the Blues keep up, they will make the playoffs easily. Um, obviously, obviously. Um, the the way that the season has looked, we've kind of seen a, a tale of two teams. We've seen a team over the first 
you know, seven or eight games of the season that looked like they were legitimately going to win 60 games. Uh, and then we've seen a team here that kind of seems more like the norm, going to be contending for a, a spot, you know, not really running away with it. But overall, 11 games in, um, or 13 games in, um, having, you know, haven't we haven't really had a disaster episode yet. We haven't really had a, oh man, what what's the direction of this team? I think this start of the season has been spectacular for the St. Louis Blues. Obviously, last few games, a little questionable, dealing with injuries, defense suspect, but... Eight. If you told me we were going to be eight, two, and three at the beginning of the season, I would have said heck yeah. So overall, I'm I'm really happy with the product we've seen. Might be a little different after Carolina and Edmonton. Those are two very legitimate, very real teams, and it's gonna right. So if the Blues go up, and maybe if they don't, they don't even have, maybe they can still lose them both. But if they look competitive and they look like they belong against two teams that they haven't played in you know forever because of the pandemic, two teams that they rarely match up against and they look good, then we know that this team is legit. But if they go out and get, you know, McDavided and lose 6-2 to Edmonton, yeah, and then we might have a different story on our hands. But I'm not too worried. I'm looking forward to those games. I love watching Connor McDavid, and the Hurricanes are a really fun team to watch too. So Yeah, and I think it's just going to be, even if I wasn't a fan of either of those teams, I feel like I would want to watch it just because we know it's going to be high quality and entertaining hockey, right? So <clears throat> I think in that, in that, that regard and with the with the way that the blues i feel like maybe they don't always play down to their opponent uh because a lot of times they go out and handle their business but i feel like they always play up to uh the skill set of their opponent they're going up against so uh if, if they know that the hurricanes are forced to be reckoned with and they have time to prepare uh i think craig brewery was talking about the team potentially being tired after a long road trip and that might have had something to do with the energy levels and the performance that we saw tonight. So hopefully they get some rest, uh, sleep on it, prepare for the Canes and the Oilers uh, and walk away with some W's. But I think you, you phrased it best about like the question marks going into the season, because we really didn't know, like we saw flashes in the pan of Jordan Cairo and obviously it's still early and he could kind of go ghost mode at the end of this season too. But I mean, the, the highlight reels are at a nightly basis now and it's not even, He's scoring every single night, but sometimes he's just dangle dangles a guy and goes on goes in on a scoring chance, and you're like, okay, wow, that's. I, sometimes you forget that he's capable of doing that. And he just whips it out. You're like, oh, okay, wow. <laughs> but I, so that was kind of a question mark going into it, is like, can Jordan Cairo do that again, or was he just, you know, he had a hot streak. It looks like he is the real deal. Uh, can Robert Thomas bounce back from his injury? Looks like Robert Thomas is the real deal, and not only that, but. He looks even better than he did his rookie season when everyone was ranting and raving about his passing. Like I said, he's doing face-offs now. He's playing defense. He's winning board battles. He's doing everything for this team. Uh, Bushnevich looks fire. Brandon Saad's doing his thing. So a lot of the question marks that we had, like how are these new guys going to fit on the team, they don't look like they're going to be a problem. The only one that's still kind of sitting there, uh, and I think it's only because Tory Krug has been out and we, we're not really seeing it on full cylinders right now is the defense. I think it's important to keep in mind that perspective is everything. And obviously there's going to be something to complain about. I'm sure those guys over at locked on canes are complaining about stuff too. And they're 10 and one. So it's, it's, it's the nature of a hockey season. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be bumps. Um, I think the blues have done a pretty good job of managing those bumps so far. Uh, I think we're starting to see the defense. 
show that it, it can't really withstand an 82-game pace with Kale Rosen in it, but that's not going to be an issue, hopefully, uh, with Tory Crew coming back and with you know the, the pairings getting a little bit more cohesive. They were mentioning on the broadcast tonight that it sort of takes a while for defensive pairings to really mesh and play comfortably and confidently, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that a lot. I think it's why Pareko's looked a lot better, why Justin Falk has looked really good, why Tory Krug was looking really good before he started missing some time. So I think it's going to start to write itself a little bit as the season goes on. I still would like to see uh, just a new addition to the defense, whether that's Scott Perunovich or a trade deadline acquisition. But overall, I'm not too concerned yet. McDavid might prove me wrong. I, I'll keep saying that. Yeah, if honestly, there's any, if there's anyone that can expose a bad defense, it's Connor McDavid. So we'll find out after that. Right, game. and we'll be able to tell whether or not the defense is playing well. Uh, or the defense is playing bad, and whether or not they're just overmatched against a better offense, right? So I think I think that's what I'm going to be looking for is because if the defense doesn't like show up at all, it's going to be hard to really judge whether or not like they're capable of hanging with a team like that. But I think if everyone's playing well and like Colton Pareko's doing his thing, Scandella's locking it down and blocking shots, and Justin Falk is doing his thing, and they're still getting overwhelmed and get like like the Oilers or the Canes go three up on us even then. And they're like scoring goals that they have no business scoring. I think that's when uh, Doug, Ar- it might click for Doug Armstrong and be like, yeah, I'm going to have to go out and get somebody or bring in uh, a phenom in Scott Prunovich. Who's just lighting up the AHL right now. Yep. Yep. But I think overall the season, uh, the theme of the blues is the problems that they're having are not so bad problems to have uh, in, in hindsight. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Things could, things could change. And if they do, we'll have it covered for you here on the Locked on Blues podcast. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you're watching on YouTube or if you want to watch on YouTube, hit that subscribe button at Locked on Blues and hit that notification bell. That way you can join the live stream and be like Richard Clay, Leah, Abomination Gaming, and everyone else that joins our chat and, and talks with us, makes these episodes so much more fun. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Locked On Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at T 15 Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.